I, I want to talk to you about the noise. This is interesting, the problems that we're having audio-wise. Because I've entitled my, my series, the new series, Quieting the Noise. Did you know that once upon a time, iPhone and Facebook didn't exist? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, about 2007, along comes the iPhone. This incredible connection to the Internet where we immediately have all of this information available to us in our hands we can see and watch the world. We can look up anything. And then, bad or good, you know, whatever it is, it, it's immediately available. The world now is in our palm, literally. And now, through the means of something like Facebook, we can communicate that. We can share it. A lot of things that are shared nobody cares to see frankly pictures of your dog <laughs> pictures of the food at the restaurant you're at nobody cares you get that right a researcher at the University of Maryland found that even when you choose to read something even when you decide it's important to read off of social media you spend an average of 26 seconds reading or looking at it. Because of all of the data, all of the noise, all of the influx of instant data and instant news and instant pictures and this life and that life and your life and it's all being shared around the world. It's all right at your fingertips. And what's happened is we're not listening because there's a lot of noise. It's making a lot of noise, but our ability to engage with it thoughtfully because we read it and we understand the story behind it has diminished completely. Review.org found that on average... You reference, look at, or check your phone 250 times a day. And more often than not, that story that you share using social media, you haven't read it yourself. You forward things you're not reading. You do it all the time. And when I say you including me we're all engrossed and caught up in this new level of noise and have to know it and have to see it and have to share it and it's distracting it's distracting to the things in life that are truly important did you know it takes you 20 minutes to get refocused once you have been distracted by something? And we read almost nothing nowadays. 
We scan headlines. We skim without trying to understand. And then we forward it. And understand that the average person, though they check their device 250 times a day, are only going to scan for the headlines and are only, even if it's important, they've decided it's important, they're going to read for 26 seconds what you sent. Now, many people think that, well, our brain is going to be rewired by all of this, right? And we'll, we'll eventually we'll be able to take more in and we'll, we'll, we'll be more thoughtful and, and, and we'll do a better job at loving and being kind and these kind of things. We're just right now enmeshed in, in, in the barrage of it all, but, but the brain is being rewired. No, the brain is not being rewired and it doesn't get rewired as some suggest. As a species, we have always been prone to distraction. Let me show you a scripture. Jesus is speaking here. This is in the Gospel of Luke in the New Testament, chapter 12 and verse 22. Jesus looked his disciples in the eye and said do not be distracted by any anxious thought about your life do not waste a moment worrying where your next meal will come from or what you are going to wear what are you concerned or worried about let me give you the four most common things that worry us. Provision, health, your purpose, and belonging. If you can fix those, you're a pretty happy guy. You're a pretty happy person. We have to have provision to live, right? As simple as bread and water. Health, there's nothing more miserable than to be unhealthy. And everything else breaks down when you are unhealthy. You lose your provision. Purpose? <laughs> it's hard to be purposeful if you don't have provision and you don't have health. But it's almost the number one question. If you are basically getting by, you do have provision, and you're basically a healthy person, and you can get around, and you're motivated, and so forth. The question being asked is, who am I? Do you see how many entry points there are for noise, especially from today's internet and social media? And what researchers are telling us, and the data proves, there's an organization actually given to just calling through, combing through all of the data and the research is hard and fast on the things I'm telling you here and much, much more. You're not reading it anyway. You don't care about the real story. You just want to see it quickly. You just want to be impressed or have a feeling or whatever. And it's shallow. Address the real issues of belonging. 
because everybody needs to belong. They need a sense of being appreciated, and they need people to say thank you too. Here's another passage in the New Testament. It's by Paul. He was not only a follower of Jesus, but a great leader in the New Testament church at that time. It's found in a book called Philippians, chapter 4, and it's verse 6. Let no anxiety about anything distract you. Rather, translate moments into prayerful worship and soak your requests in gratitude before God. The word that he uses there and the word that Jesus used when he spoke about this distraction is the word merimeo. It means anxiety, but through distraction. It's an anxiety that occurs because we're distracted from what's truly important. Now, this is interesting because Jesus says, do not be distracted. Don't worry. Don't give yourself to that noise. Paul says, let no anxiety. Let no distraction. So Jesus says, do not. Paul says, let no could everybody say that with me? Jesus says, do not. Paul says, let no. Once more, please. Jesus says, do not. Paul says, let no. Both of these have a sense of command, which means that they're within our awareness and our choice. God empowers us to deal with our distractions. God has given you the ability to deal with anxiety. How? Number one, I'm going to give you two things today, and we'll end with the third one. I'm just going to mention it because that will be next week. Two things. Ready? Don't waste a moment, the Scripture says. Don't waste a moment worrying. Don't waste. Don't do it. It's in my power. I can stop myself. I don't have to worry, or else Jesus wouldn't have commanded me to don't do it. Don't worry. I have a lot of anxiety and anxiousness, and I have a lot of noise in my life because I, quite simply, I'm going to put it this way, I choose to worry. I choose to be distracted. And Jesus says, don't. Don't waste a moment worrying. And then in the context of that verse, he says two things. God's going to clothe you. God's going to take care of you. Look at the sparrow. Look at the flowers. He does a pretty good job. And he also says this. Why do you think worrying about something is going to change it? Being anxious about something will help. He says it's not going to change one thing about it. Statistically, as high as 85 to 90% of the things we worry and are anxious about never happen anyway. I want to show you something. I stumbled across this this week as I was gathering for my message. This will be a good one to screenshot if you're so inclined or, you know, play the message back or I'd be happy to send it to you as well. You ready? The older you get, the more quiet you become. Life humbles you so deeply as you age. 
you realize how much nonsense you've wasted time on. Amen. And Jesus knew it. He knew that it would affect the things that are truly important, our provision, our health, our purpose and meaning in life, and our belonging. If you're distracted and you're anxious, all four of those areas are going to be troubled. And Jesus says, look, it starts with you. Now, I can't correct this for you, he says. Don't spend a moment being anxious. <laughs> but Jesus, you don't know what I'm going through. Really? Here's Paul's response now to that natural human response of, but, but, what about this and what about that? And you don't know what I'm dealing with. And boy, if you had my shoes to walk in, you'd understand why I'm overwhelmed the way that I am. Here's Paul's response to that. Soak your requests in gratitude to God. You see, nothing you tell God will surprise him. He enjoys hearing your thoughts, even though he already knows all about us. He already knows our thoughts. He knows our words. He enjoys hearing our thoughts. He delights in our conversation, especially as we come to him with childlike trust. In the book of Song of Solomon, it says that every morning his mercies are new. You never start a new day with old mercy. You never start a new day with old grace. You never start a new day as in our human families and relationships with anger hanging over, with bad feelings hanging over, with, you know, God's mercies are new every morning now I told you there was going to be a third one I'm not going to spend any time on it though I'll just mention it and that's this will be next week number three practicing presence practicing his presence and your identity in him that's really what prayerful worship is about when Paul says prayerfully worship Right? Bring your request. Let your request be made known unto God. He loves you. So number one is what? Don't waste a moment. Number two is what? Soak your requests in gratitude. Well, I'll tell you what. What I'm finding is that gratitude alone takes care of a lot of my anxiety and a lot of my distractions. When, when I just start telling the Lord what I'm feeling and when, what I'm thinking, and, and then flip it and tell him how thankful I am for all the wonderful things and all the wonderfulness of his love and his goodness. And we'll pick up with this third one then next week as we talk about how we practice his presence. Because see, all of these all of this noise is actually designed to get you away or to get you to give up or to lessen, uh, to destroy your awareness of your identity in him, all of it. And if he can do that, then he can get us anxious. If he can do that, then he knows that the enemy of our soul 
which starts with our own thought life, will absolutely turn these four areas of provision and belonging and purpose and health upside down and we will be a mess. Could we put that banner back up, please? The slide, the billboard. The older you get, now if you haven't taken a picture of this, do it now. The older you get, the more quiet you become. Life humbles you so deeply as you age. Yes and amen. You realize how much nonsense you've wasted time on. Well, what'd you hear? I want to throw it open for questions. We're monitoring the chat window, by the way. And uh, also you can text us. I failed to mention during our welcome that you can text us right now and communicate with us your thoughts about what you've just heard. Text us at 720-878-3323. We're monitoring both of those right now. Let's talk. Turn that. There we go. You read from Luke. This is the NIV, I'm sorry, NLT version. Okay. And it's Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 is where it starts. It says, So do not worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father knows already your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Hmm. I like where he says... It dominates the thoughts of unbelievers. Unbelievers do not have the faith that things are going to be provided. They think they have to go out and do all these things in order to live life the way they want to. Whereas believers, we do not worry about these things. We know that God will bring them. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Uh, once we were going camping, and the people that we were camping with, my uh, daughter and uh, son-in-law were already up by the campground and there was nothing open and it's you know it it came that oh we're not going to find anything we're not going to find a place to camp we should have done something different and i i just says no god will provide and no sooner did did i say that than they called and says oh there's two campsites right together that we can snag right now the people are leaving god provided for us a place to be on that trip and I, I, I just threw out the worry I, I ain't going to worry about it God's got us that's very cool that's very cool anybody else live stream I know you're all Y'all went to the mountains, didn't you? Because 
<laughs> Boy, here at St. John's, it was, yeah, it was really, really sparse. <laughs> Comparison.